to the latest episode of the Sitcom Archive Deep Dive Overdrive. That's the Sado podcast. We are a listen-along podcast um, as you watch The Good Life, the series that everybody loves from the 70s. We're now up to Series 3, Episode 2, The Happy Event. I'm Alison Barton-Simmons. Hello. Oh, no. What do I usually say? Um, now then. Now then. <laughs> I'm so groggy. Now then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ex Benedict. Sorry about that. I'll, I'll I'll get with it in a minute. So yeah, we are we're well past the the halfway mark now, Ben. I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, and we're up to yeah the the second sorry second episode in this third series. Um, Don't worry, someone will correct us. There's been lots of corrections this week, which we like. We do. We like to know what we got wrong. Because it means people are out there, which is lovely. Shall I tell you about some corrections? Yes, please. I'd like to know the corrections. Well, um, well, first up, we often realise that we've got it wrong straight afterwards, but we don't go and re-record it because that would be <laughs> a very time-consuming. <laughs> We'd still be on episode one. We would. Um, last week, we couldn't remember who the guy who was a bit like um, Terry <laughs> Thomas was, but it came to me almost immediately after I finished recording. It's Leslie Phillips, isn't it? Is he the hello yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredibly still going, even though he's about 96. Wow. That's Leslie Phillips. Um, uh, we've also had some corrections about our inflation calculations. <gasps> really? Yeah. Um, people, uh, two people have been in touch to say your inflation calculation was wrong. It was your inflation calculation from a while ago. Is it with where they went out for a meal? Yeah, from the pagan right. They okay, didn't like it. All right. And then one of them right. took, took the time to explain to me what it should actually be, but it made no okay. sense. It made no sense to me. So, I mean, at the end of the day, all we can say is how much is anything worth, really? Exactly. For them, it was worth a fortune that night out. It was. You look at a, you look at a ten pound note. Does it still say like I promise to pay the bearer the sum of ten pounds? Does it still still say that on it? I think so. Yeah. But, I mean, £10 a what? Because good luck exchanging that for gold, sovereigns. Yeah. It's not going to happen, yeah. is it? Could be £10 of anything. I mean, if you actually went into a bank... Sorry, I'm, my, my meandering mind's gone off on one now. If you went into a bank and asked for ten pa- to, to have what this £10 was worth, they wouldn't give you anything, would they? I think probably just £10 coins. Yeah, just to change it, yeah. I mean, That's it. Like That's all they'd be able to do. dime bars or... I mean, could be... And it, what I'm trying to say is, things are just worth what you're willing to pay for them. Yes, that's very true. I suppose it would have to be like a, it would be have to be like time bars. It would have to be like a natural commodity that was rare. So maybe not dime bars. Um, no, there's quite oil. a lot of them. I think. Oil's getting rare. Yeah. White dog shit. It's not yeah, just can't find it anymore. Imagine that. Imagine we could all exchange uh, notes. For white dog shit that'd been saved from the eighties in a vault. I'll move on. I'd, yeah, I'll move on. I'd, I'd, I'd still have none. Just no, no white dog shit for me. No, you keep them. You keep the paper. Yeah, um, yeah. So we've had corrections, and we do like it. Do do tell us what we missed because sometimes we might miss things that we don't then realise we missed for our own yeah. stupidity. We like that. Mm. Um, now, before we get stuck into this this week's episode, how would you like to play? A quiz. <laughs> I know that it's not your strong suit. Yes, I would love to play a quiz. This one you can't get wrong because the, oh, thanks, Ben. <laughs> this quiz is not a is not a right or wrong. It is a how led better are you quiz. Oh, right. 
which I have pilfered from the Sunday Times from an article called Be More Margot. Oh, cripes. Right, okay. Right, the idea behind this game is you decide all the statements you agree with and then, yes. and then add up your total, okay? Oh, right, yeah. So if you agree with any of these statements, just put a tick on your tally bar and we'll... Okay. Question one. You tidy before the cleaner comes, then go around after she's been correcting her cushion arrangements. Hmm? Right, okay. Number two, you secretly think that Nigel Farage has a point but wouldn't dream of saying so aloud. Okay. <laughs> Did I just see what I thought I saw? <laughs> <laughs> um, you had a wedding list at John Lewis. Okay. You are an expert at turning on your heel. What does that mean? Just spinning round? Oh, it's a bit like when she says, goodbye. <laughs> just Goodbye. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're always outraged by your Ocado substitutes. I don't even know what that means, but I've just read it out anyway. Um, you think the posh couple on Gogglebox look like great fun. You buy Cook or Charlie Bigham's ready meals, but decant them into crockery before you <laughs> let yourself eat any. <laughs> uh, question eight. You roped everyone at work into doing a charity fun run. Nine, you have complained to Amazon, British Airways and Barclays about their customer service. Extra point if you use the word unacceptable. <laughs> you have held conversations about the mansion tax. Your motivation for wearing matching underwear is still the possibility of getting hit by a bus. <laughs> now, I don't think that's particularly Margot S, to be honest, because... Working class mothers said that to children all through the ages. Uh, we're on the home straight. You organised a petition against the new neighbour's planning application and bullied your other neighbours into signing it. You own a lazy Susan. You wish it was... <laughs> you wish it was still normal to wear a rain bonnet. And finally, you would rather eat horse than anything from Greg's. Right, I've got all my answers. Okay. How, so just tell me how, toss them up and tell me how many. I've got three ticks and a question mark. Oh, well, um, you'd probably be happy with the result then, much as you love her. You don't really want to be her, do you? No, not really. You are in the zero to five category, not much Margot. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. You have that. very little lead better in you, not necessarily a bad thing, although to quote Margot on Barbara, you might be a woman who actually enjoys being ordered about by men. Oh, no. Which is I'm in this episode, either. isn't it? Yeah. I've, I, I have a rain bonnet. Um, we have a, a lazy Susan, but our family called it a party Susan. And it was like a spinny, a spinny round tray that you put all your bits and pieces in at a buffet. That sounds a lot more fun than a lazy Susan. I know, I don't know why we called it a party Susan. We had a lot of things like that where I only realised when I went out in the big world that th there was lots of Bartonisms that existed, things that only we said and nobody else said and I got laughed at quite a lot. <laughs> oh, well. Um, I can't think what my, what my question mark one was. What was, the, what was the fourth from the end? Petition about planning application. Oh, yeah. Um, there was... A, a guy that lives nearby that bought um, a little bungalow and wanted to squeeze about 50 houses onto, like, one plot and 
we got a bit cross about that round here. Well, that won't do in the avenue, will it? No, it won't do in the avenue. Oh, in the underwear and getting run over thing, yeah. I, all, I think all family, all, all mums, all mums say that. You've, you're quite close to being a dominant, a, a, sorry, a dormant Margot. Am I? Mm. Oh, a dormant Margot. If you ticked yes to well, number nine, you will grow more Margot with age, which oh is... Oh, God. I don't know, what, did you tick yes to this? You've complained to Amazon, British Airways or Barclays. No, 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 no. Because no. everyone has a bad day, don't they? Well, you're safe then. You're safe. Yeah. I'm also not much Margot. Are you not? Yeah, I'm quite happy with that. I got three, yeah. three out of the 15. So there we go. Same. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much for that. And, and I'm glad that I didn't lose. Thank you to the Sunday Times for um, printing that. And sorry that I used my Chrome plugin to get past the <laughs> paywall. <laughs> Let's get stuck into the happy event, shall Excellent. we? Excellent. Let's do that. Good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. So we're right past the halfway mark with Series 3, Episode 2, The Happy Event. Um, the continuing saga of the pigs. <laughs> Did you see that episode where the pig was going to have a baby? Now, that was quite a promising idea. But it was all done so bloody nicely. We didn't see anything. Um, this episode um, had 15.4 million viewers, according to Wikipedia, um, which is the episode with the most viewers so far, which I thought was quite interesting. Oh, well, there we go. Hmm. Not as much as the, I think it's one of the later episodes in this series, um, which is, I think it's up into like the 17 million figures, which is huge, isn't it? Mm. It's huge. So, yeah, this episode, we are back with the pigs. Um, The pig that had the um, pig pimp a few weeks back is now having its piglets, which is very exciting. Um, so we, we're in Tom's kitchen, Tom and Barbara's kitchen, and he's busy doing his taxes, which take no time at all because he's earning no money. And he's, he's asked um, Jerry to get him a book from the library that is going to aid him in in birthing these pigs mm. in the um, in the garden. Um, and Jerry pops round while the the busy Tom and Barbara are busy mixing germinated seeds with wallpaper paste, which I. I I didn't know if that was sounded like a good idea. Um, I don't know the science behind it. They didn't really go into it, did they? Wallpaper paste was something that I, you know, like when you're when you're a kid and you're told like not to sit near the gas fire because your night will ignite. Yeah. Maybe you didn't get told that, but um, there were certain things that like you, you just don't touch and you keep away from. Don't like um, fireworks. Don't go back to a lit firework, which is very sensible. But there's things that have like been imprinted on my brain as things that you just don't do. And even now as an adult, I'm I'm frightened of wallpaper paste. I don't know what it is that my parents drummed into me. Um, But the thought of growing vegetables basted in wallpaper paste, it it frightened me a little bit. Like like it would, I don't know, like poison you. I'm sure there's like a poison in it. There's something that eventually becomes poisonous in wallpaper paste. This sounds like your homework for next week to me. Yes, I will I will discover what the answer is about the wallpaper paste. Um, So, yeah, the squeezing... um, the germinated seeds into the wallpaper paste and then using that as like a medium in order to um, to plant them efficiently. So they don't need to thin them out um, and it's a, an efficient way of doing it, apparently. So that was that's their, their job first thing in the morning, which Jerry didn't want to get involved in. Well, while they're doing funnily, it... Funnily enough. Yeah, he didn't, did he? he was, he's in full deadpan snark mode in this episode, which I liked. 
Yes. He's total curmudgeon, isn't he? And I I like Jerry the curmudgeon because I think he's hysterical. Mm. He's not. He is. He's just, he do, he's had it with his shit basically in this episode, hasn't he? All through, he's not happy. Yeah. Um, but when the goods are in the garden, actually putting this into practice, did you notice yes. that Margot's actually doing something useful rather than just messing about with a magic lamp? She's putting bedding out plants on out in the. Isn't, she's like on her knees, isn't she? Mm. Um, putting out some um, bedding out plants, and Tom makes a joke about her being on her knees on a prayer mat, um, and. Margot's reaction to it, she, it's almost like she's sort of coming coming into her own now in terms of judging whether Tom is joking or not and not being dragged along as part of the joke. She's just like, oh, yeah, it's one of your little jokes, isn't it? Um, and just humours him. Oh, I see one of your jokes. Very good. <laughs> and I quite like that. I quite like that she sort of stops him in his tracks. I also liked her ornate wheelbarrow. I thought that was... Yes. I don't know if you were going to mention that in the fashion corner. It's not really fashion, is it? But it was nice. Accessory. Yeah, it was nice. Bracelets, necklaces, wheelbarrows. <laughs> she's got them all. She's got them all. So she, she's um, she's then... She's staring over the over the fence, as we we often see Margot doing, um, and she's very confused as to what the goods are doing. Mm. Um, and she does that little thing, even though they're best friends. She sort of coughs to get attention. Yeah. Rather than just going, what are you doing, Barbara? Um, she's still so sort of that far back that proper, she's got a, she's she? got a, she's proper. She's got a cough to get their attention, um, and then she goes back to her marigolds because um, obviously she's no interest in, in planting radish seeds in um, wallpaper paste. But not before she's laughed at Barbara falling off the pram. Yes. Oh, the little pram with the, the pram wheels and getting shown up falling off it. It wasn't partic- it wasn't particularly funny that, but. I did like the fact that they used some classic sort of 60s pratfall music to accompany. Yep, yep, as she tumbled off it. Chunk, let me tell you, Margot, that trolley will still be going when your flashy estate car is up for scrap. Yes, right, look at this. Look at this. Wonderful. Built to last, that is. Yeah, uh, Margot goes back to her marigolds and she says, I won't crow as it's not in my nature, which really tickled me because it absolutely is. Ooh, I like Richard Bryers. I like Richard Bryers. I like Richard Bryers. I like Richard Bryers. We're next in the front room where Tom is poring over a book, um, reading more about how to deliver these pigs. And Barbara comes flying in because she solved their transport problem. Did What did you think that she might have done before you have the big reveal. Well, I remembered, so <laughs> I thought. Did you? Might, Did you not? All oh, right. I okay. thought to myself, I bet it's a horse called Brian. <laughs> and you'd have been right. It was a horse called Brian. Um, so yeah, she's she's um, used her womanly ways um, of wiggling her hips and has managed to to, to con um, Mister Betts, the coal man, out of. Um, a horse that, that that Barbara sort of insists that they'll be able to use um, to to deliver things and take things around and use it as as transport. But straight away, Tom is adamant that that's not something that they can do because it will cost them money. Mm. Which in the, their lifestyle, which we find out later on as well in this episode, um, is all about just keeping things efficient and not costing them anything. Because once things start to cost them, the whole project is out the window because it's it goes against everything that you mm. that you need to sort of stick by as you go along. And he's right, isn't he? 
He's right. He is right. He's just horrible he in right. the way he does it. He's all, he's all, it's, it's not sensible. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Is it? And it's just like, oh, you don't have to be so obnoxious about it, you turd. Mm, knowing that Barbara loves animals so much. Yeah, and she's... Um, again, as we find out later on, she's just... She's she just she's just kind. And she's and made up to be given this. I mean, I you've got to ask the question: How much leaning and hip work would you have to do? It's to a lot score of hip work a for horse? a big horse. Yeah, I think maybe she's yeah. she's euphemizing. Mm. I wonder what she's been up to with the fella. But either way, she's used a feminine wild. She's been offered a horse, and he's just shot it down straight away. He could have done it a bit yeah. more uh, tactfully or a, a bit more kindly, couldn't he? I think so. Margot, however, has other ideas for Brian the horse and she is already envisioning Barbara and Brian cantering alongside herself and the pony club down the um, the canal path after a hard day's labour. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's already signing, signing Barbara up to the pony club. Yep, she's um, name-dropped Mrs. Dooms Patterson, yep. which is nice to see this invisible character make her invisible entry. <laughs> To the show. I could picture it in my mind. How do you picture her? Well, she's a big lass, isn't she? Yeah, but quite is she quite small? I thought I picture her with like little legs that that with that yeah. like whittle she walks. I don't know. She's a bit of a battleaxe in my mind. She's not. Okay. She's not big and pretty like Dawn French, for example. Do you know what I mean? She's big and no scary. Yes. Yeah. Quite aggressive for a pony club. Yeah. So she gets a mention, but um. The main crux of, of it is just to establish that Margot is in the Pony Club and sees an opportunity for uh, Barbara to join her in the Pony Club and make yes. her upward, upwardly mobile in that society, I think. She's always trying to lead them back into sort of polite society. Absolutely, yeah. Not one way or another, isn't mm. she? Yeah, and for her, the Pony Club is the way forward. However, when Mar- when Barbara sorry, t- tells um, Margot that... Um, Tom's already put the kibosh on it. It's not something that they're going to be able to do before she has a chance to sort of explain why that is. Margot straight away is jumping on Tom as being a bully and oh, the, the woman can't have her, have her say. She can't have what she wants. Um, and she's, she's quite sort of taken aback by this, Margot. She's, she's very upset about well, it. Well, she's created a bit of her own narrative there, hasn't she? She likes to she sometimes... She has again. Yeah, she's a terrible um, straw man argument proliferator mm. isn't she and um yeah she does this with jerry all the time she's basically deluding herself that it's all about the patriarchy whereas with tom to be fair even though he's you know he's different times he's definitely mm. sexist uh, has his sexist moments it's mainly about common sense isn't it yes this this whole premise this whole um the final agreement that they come to is all based on um just sensible and detached Decision making, isn't it? Which is mm. what the whole lifestyle's about. You can't. I don't think you can be well um, exactly sentimental. Even though Barbara briefly sulked with Tom, when by the time Jer- um, Margot arrived, she was she'd seen it for herself, and she wasn't. It was all right. She was basically saying, "No, I can't have the horse. The horse is going." You know. Yep. <laughs> so next, uh, in Margot and Jerry's house, the front doorbell's going like. It, it was just like off the hook, weren't it? Just, just ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. Um, which frightens Margot a bit, and she says to Jerry, um, "Don't answer it until you've put the latch on." And then Jerry just shouts, "Shut up!" 
Yeah, I to Marco, <laughs> it was brill. It was uh, that was fab. In fact, can you uh, uh, will you be able to drop that in? Sure, I can. It did tickle me that much. Who is it, Jerry? Who is it? How the hell should I know? <laughs> put the chain on before you open the door. Shut up. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm laughing the, just thinking about it. <laughs> shut yeah, up. Shut up. <laughs> Um, the pigs are the pigs in labour this this is the big news the pigs in labour so Barbara has had to go round in order to borrow a light so that they can see the um, the pig um, the expectant mother but Um, she's gone round to borrow a light but she's also borrowed Jerry to hold it Jerry yes a holder and a light and he's he's Um, stood there just making sarcastic remarks he did in his very posh um, slippers which he's he's, he's a bit he's a bit gutted about because he can just see what's coming and yeah. all sorts of muck all over his um, expensive slippers. Um, but yeah, he's th- he's there. And again, I quite like the fact that it's it's about the the Ledbetters stepping in again, no matter what they believe, no matter what their thoughts are on this lifestyle. They're always there at the right moment, aren't they? Just to help her lend a helping hand, yeah. and and they're lovely, well, particularly they're such Jerry. good friends. Because when yeah. Margot appears, she probably only went out there to admonish Jerry for leaving the door open. Leaving the door open, yeah. And like he says, she could have just shut it herself. Yeah. Six so far, Margot. Congratulations. Don't you ever tell me to shut up again, Jerry. Well, I haven't got X-ray eyes, have I? I can't see through a door. Hold the light still. And I will thank you not to go out in the middle of the night and leave the front door open. Anything could have happened. Yes, you could have got up and shut it. <laughs> oh, dear me. So we've got seven piglets so far, and Margot says, surely that's enough. Just hammer a cork in, and that's the end. Um, but the last one is a runt. It's the runt of the litter, which is which is often the small um just the the one that's not as not flourished as much as the other piglets. I don't know what a runt really is. What is wrong with the runt? It, it's the one that's not grown as much as the others. It's just it, it's not had the nourishment that the other piglets have had. So they're all like big. Um, I was going to say beefy piglets, but that's not right. Porky piglets. Right. Um, and the last one is the one that's just probably not had the same um, internal care and attention, shall we say, as, as, as the others. He's just, so he's functioning. Um, he's got four legs and everything. He's just a bit sickly. Yeah, but it's sickly, yeah. And, and, and sort of in, in, in farming communities, it's, it's the one that you just leave. Um, so again, like Brian the horse, Tom, Tom was right. It was, it was a case of you just leave it and see what happens. And if it makes it through, then it's great. And if it doesn't, yeah. well, that's that sorted. Um, and it does sound sad and sort of callous, but, um. Well, Barbara gets fierce on his ass, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. She gets very upset about the prospect of, of this runt being, being left. Um, but again, Jerry steps into sort of Superman mode mm. and, he and Barbara are in the car off to the hospital to get some oxygen to give to this this little runty pig. Yeah, but you think about Jerry's car, which he takes pride in. Mm. He's had the goods yes. in. Yeah. Um, it's had all sorts of deliverables in for the goods. Now it's going to be yep. covered in pig afterbirth. Yeah. Um, it's he, he's he's such a good friend, isn't he? He really does put everything to one side. Yeah. When it comes to the goods. I mean, he's not happy. Like I said earlier, he's not happy in this entire episode. He's driving no. and he's not happy. And then when the copper comes along, he's, yes. he's snarky with the copper, which is, again, really funny. But I enjoyed the funky music that accompanied this mercy dash. 
It's great. I wasn't did. It? I was trying to. It felt familiar, and I was looking at where it was. Whether, whether you know, like sometimes they take funky music, but then drop in um, sort of like a real tune as well. And I was wondering whether it was like a, a police TV show that they'd sort of cribbed a bit of the theme tune from. And I wasn't sure if it might have been a bit of Zed cars in there, you know, because of the police. Mm. I don't know if anybody else listening to it sort of put those two things together. I I, I could hear Zed, the Zed cars theme tune. I might have just been. No, I definitely didn't. I'd have recognised that because Everton ran out to it. Would you? Yeah. Oh right. Okay. It just felt that there was there was something going on in the background. Anyway, um, Tom, in the meantime, has told Margot to go and grab some brandy um, to put in the milk to give to the pigs to try and revive it and bring it round. Um, Margot's a bit flustered because she's not sure which of the brands, yeah. the top-end <laughs> brands of, 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 of brandy that she's got to bring round. Um, but she goes and does that again. She's just, yeah, so helpful um, when, it's, when it's needed. You know that... Um... Where she says Remy Martin or Hine, uh huh. That reminded me. Just segue a little bit here of um, mm. the time my uncle was up. He was cleaning his mother-in-law's gutters of leaves, right? And there was more than he expected up there. So he's up there and he's got all these leaves, and he's his mother-in-law dotty old birds at the bottom, and he says, "Just go and get us a bag for all of these." And he's up this ladder like. Handful of leaves, and she says, "What do you mean about?" He says, "Just go and get us like a Tesco bag." She disappears, and um, and he's there with his leaves waiting. He's getting really irate and everything. And she, she hmm. comes back back like ten minutes later, and she says, "I looked all over, I couldn't find one, so I've grabbed this Asda one instead." <laughs> oh, <laughs> She's been looking no. explicitly for a Tesco bag. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, oh, Jerry and Barbara arrive quite soon after with how feasible i don't know how how feasible this would be in real life to just zoom off to a hospital to come back with um an oxygen tank for your for your runty pig i don't know whether in the 70s it was it was more available what i don't got know me was how quickly the copper swallowed their excuse when when it was offered by barbara because it seemed yeah. a bit unlikely and he was just like oh great i can do a you know, put me siren I think he on. just wanted to do like a, a siren thing. You know, like leading, the night. There was no uh, way that needed clearing anyway. He just wanted no. to get involved, didn't he, I think? Be involved, yeah. Even the policeman was nice! Uh, so they, they arrive back. Tom has put together um, an oxygen tent as well in the meantime yeah. to put the pig in and then to sort of like um, put the oxygen into to sort of rev- to try and revive this pig. Um, Margot's busy heating up the... Um, the milk to add the brandy to and she's got one of Jerry's new cashmere jumpers yeah. to wrap the pig in so it's very decadent brandy um, cashmere jumpers you've got to wonder whether all of these actions how accurate the measures are uh, would be in real life if you were trying to save a pig yeah. brandy and cashmere yeah. I don't think would cut the mustard do you? I don't, I don't think um, I don't think it would but when Margot's feeding no. the runt that smile she's got such a beautiful smile when she's happy I know it's so lovely. She's so happy when she's feeding the room. Yeah. Oh. And Tom, of course, has been very short with Margot, who's doing her best, but, you know, it's not even her responsibility. So Tom wants, you know, I know I'm a stuck record, but he's being an arse. He's sort of mm. being really short with her and she's just trying her best. But as, it, as we come back to later, she responds quite uncharacteristically to being bossed around. She sort of 
it's almost like Tom's pulled rank and she's she's like, yes, Tom. Very uncharacteristic, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, just gets on with it. After after what she was saying about Brian the horse and, and Barbara not being able to keep him. Yeah, the other weird thing that she says at this moment is, for the first time in the entire series, wife swapping is explicitly mentioned in this scene. It is, yes. Because um, she says it's not made it to Surbiton, but it's gone as far as Epsom. She's very, very knowledgeable about the about the um, the topic, isn't she? Well, wasn't she off with Denzel and Brianna or whatever it was last week? I reckon they were living in Epsom. That's where she's been, and that's oh, probably see, how she, she knows. knows. Yeah, there's mm. a definite undercurrent here. <laughs> Do they have? Um, I don't know how I know this. Um, pampas grass. Do you know what that is? No. It's like in the seventies, a lot of houses had it in the. In, you can cut this out if you, if you think it's ridiculous. <laughs> Pampas grass um, is was often seen in front gardens, um, and it's like that. The it looks like big versions of ears of wheat. Oh it's yeah. Like big long sticks with the big bushy top bit on. Right. And apparently, and this is like a, an urban myth. If you had that in your front garden, you were a swinger. Really. Well, I don't know if this is like a, a very local, a very, very local legend that I've just made up. Um, but if, if it was in your front garden, you were, you were a swinger. So I don't know if they, if they had pampas grass in the, did you, did the, the Barton household have this product? We never had pampas grass. Right. Hells no. No, no pampas grass. That's interesting. At our house. I've never heard of it. But uh, yeah. No, you might, nobody has, I don't think. I think I might have just made that up. Um, but I have heard it somewhere. Sounds like a wind up someone's played on you. <laughs> Possibly. I'm very gullible. So they arrive back and they've revived the pig. The pig is, is okay. It's going to be all right. Barbara's very happy about that. So is the policeman who's come back with them. He just seemed a weird addition. I don't really understand why they wrote such a large part in for this copper. I think it was more to do with the actor that played him, um, George Innes, who's he was he was in a lot of sitcoms, TV shows yeah. in the seventies. He's in the Open All Hours and the Italian Job, yeah. wasn't he? He was in Upstairs Downstairs as well, which is one of my faves. Did you recognise him and without having to look him up? I did straight away. Yeah, and he, he played a creepy guy in that too. He he, he seems to he seems to be a bit. A, he gets those parts all the time. Marga had an axe to grind with him straight away about a parking ticket, didn't she, when he showed up? So maybe it was just to introduce some tension. I'm not sure. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, he's very happy. He's radioing the, the station to tell the Sarge that the pig's all right. Yeah. Um, My Sarge is two spaniels and a hamster. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, George Innes. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Oh, Tom does that fake-out thing, which I think is a really cruel unless, you know, when you pretend when you pretend like you, fa- you failed yeah. an exam or failed your driving test, but you've passed yes. it. Yeah. It's fine to do it yeah. in those circumstances, but not when you're talking about yeah. something that is really emotive. Like, in this case, clearly everyone's really worried about the run. They want the... Yeah. And he does that fake-out thing, and I'm like, time in a place, lad. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. So at this point, Jerry's... Um, Jerry's had enough. He sort of finally blows his top and he's like, well, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, fuck this. And off he goes to bed. He's knackered, isn't he? He's been, he's been, he's been on all night. Yeah. Once the copper goes um, and the threat of being booked 
by George Innes and his guest slot has yeah. gone. He, Jerry disappears. <laughs> and then there's a little scene about how Margot enjoyed being told what to do by Tom. Mm. Um, I think Tom says something like, that kind of woman who wants to be dominated and ordered about by men. Um, because that that's what the, the criticism of Barbara had been by Margot. And Tom calls yes. Margot out on having enjoyed it herself. Whether she did mm. enjoy it or not, oh, she was just under pressure and thought, I'm going to follow what this fellow's saying because he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just there to help. And she was, wasn't she? She was just there to sort of help, help out. She did become very subservient, but it maybe she was just um, in a crisis. She was just sort of bowing to his authority. Yeah, perhaps. And just getting on with the job. Mm. Why? What else is she, should she do? She, she can't be sort of saying, well, I don't think we should do it that way, actually, Tom. She's not a pig no. expert, is she? She's just going to get on with the she job. She just knows about the swinging in Epsom. She's going to stick to her area of expertise, <laughs> sex expertise. Yes. Maybe she's got a big map. Maybe she's got a big map on a on a wall where she's sort of like colouring in as 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 it moves further and further towards Serbity. You think it's like the start of Dad's Army with the with the nasty things? <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's arrows pointing towards Serbity. But instead of instead of the swastika, it's like the male and female symbols. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what she's got in the parlour. Um, and yeah, and that's pretty much it. I think everything's, everything's good yeah. with the world and the episode ends ends off there, doesn't it? With the pig, it does. pig breathing in its incubator like a joint of ham wrapped Phew. up. Now, the, there was a couple of other things in this episode, though, I just wanted to talk about. Barbara's very um, insightful and cutting line to Tom. Damn your efficiency, it's turning into your god. Mm. It's really... Um, Packed with um, pathos, that line wasn't it? Absolutely, and it's 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 a real hot potato, isn't it? Really, because if it, you can't do self sufficiency by halves, can you? You can't just do it a bit, no, and just dip your toe in. You can we can have like a window box or a vegetable patch and just be done with it. Um, but to really get to grips with that kind of life, it is such a a change, isn't it, in your existence, not just in your day-to-day routine. It, it is. And also, I think, I don't know if it's a deliberate part of the writing or just coincidence, but this this overt storyline about um, women being like, like to be told what to do, you actually had it play out quite differently because Barbara shouted at Tom and he immediately mm. changed his decision and went to great lengths to save the runt because she'd barked yeah. at him. So it was actually more the other way around, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you think that was deliberate? Yeah, he, um, I really don't know because it it it's almost it almost just gave us a little bit of a glimpse of of just, and I know you ha- you have your issue with Tom, mm. um, but Tom as a character in this episode, um, there was still that glint of compassion and and being a like a quite a loving man and, um. And sort of empathy towards Barbara. It wasn't just all about the way of life and, and having self-sufficiency at the centre of it as he's, as he's God. He did actually sort of back down and um, take her opinion, whether it whether it would cost him money or not, into consideration. Well, he put her first, but I'd like to think also that Tom was influenced by the fact, he quickly got wrapped up in the fact that he really wanted to save a living creature. Save a living creature, yeah, a, yeah. Which again must be part of 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 sort of that that life anyway, because you want to. 
if if he saves it, he's able to use it. It's, it's, it becomes part of the the circle, doesn't it? It becomes useful. Well, I don't know if um, it ever would with it being a run. I don't. I still don't really understand. Like it's got four legs. It's breathing without difficulty after it comes out the incubator, presumably, and goes on to live. I think it would just carry on to live and be just like the other a happy, ones. healthy pig life. I think so. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know. And then get sent to market at the end of it. Good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. So did you have an MVP in this episode? I did have an MVP. Um, it was Tom. Tom, okay. Yeah, it was Tom because of all the things that I've just said then about the fact that he still managed to balance um, the the drive for the lifestyle, but also the compassion for just being a nice guy. No, fair enough. I was torn between Jerry and Barbara. Mm. Oh, right, okay. Um, and I'm going to give it to Barbara because I just feel like she's underappreciated in our MVP representation. Okay, all right. I wanted right. to give it to Jerry because he was just had some great lines and he was full on full on snark. And yeah. He was just hysterical. I just think he's brilliant in his last, last yeah, he series. Yeah, was, he was really good in this episode, yeah. But Barbara, and basically she can get what she wants from Tom when she... When she mm. When she wants it bad enough, she just goes up like a chippy, as you would say. Yeah. And um, and she manipulated that situation to get what she wanted, and it was in line with her values. But also, she did a little wiggle of her arse as she was leaving a room in a scene. In a, she did. And I particularly enjoyed that little bit. So, therefore, yeah. for her arse wiggle, if nothing else, we're giving it. I'm giving it to Barbara. Excellent. So, was there anything that caught your eye for Fashion Corner this week, Alison? There was. Let's head over there now. Fashion Corner, Fashion Corner. Fashion Corner, Fashion Corner. My number one mention in Fashion Corner this week was um, not Margot, it's Barbara. Oh, wow. um, who, yeah, um, it was it was a, a, a navy and mustard combo that she had on, which is quite sort of on vogue at the moment anyway, um, in 2020, navy and mustard together. Um, she has like a... Um, a, a mustard collared shirt underneath this navy t-shirt kind of top um, and it just looked amazing she just looked so cool um, it has now looking back it has a bit of a retro feel to it um, but those two colours together and she she just seemed to really suit navy blue mm. does um, Felicity Kendall so I yeah with jeans it, I'd there's a, lot, there's a lot of Barbara's fashion that I think oh I do covet it quite a lot mm. um, and I would I would definitely love um, to, to wear something along those lines um, so yeah I might, I might go and search out a, a mustard shirt with a blue top on um, and Margot while she's gardening um, she's there with her wheelbarrow accessory um, but she's there in like a very rich like a Cadbury purple um, sun hat top and striped skirt it's not really gardening material it's not gardening um, attire really um, but we know Margot, she's always dressed to the nine, doing whatever she's doing. And she's, yeah, the, the hat's a bit of an odd shape, so it's a bit misshapen um, and huge. Yeah. Um, but obviously she's very sort of conscious of, of keeping out of the sun while she's busy working or looking like she's working in the garden and she does look fab. Um, my, my final mention is Margot in the canary yellow dress with like, it's got like very, very big bat wing um, arms on it. Um, and when she comes in to try and pester Barbara into joining the pony club with Brian the horse, um, she sort of like sashays in in this in this 
canary yellow number. Yeah. Um, which is which is is beautiful. She rocks it. Obviously, that's where the budget's gone this week. Um, but yeah, she's she sort of she sort of steals the show really. Um, but yeah, my my special mention is definitely to Barbara. I say, Ben, do you know what is coming up next week? You always surprise me with that. Uh, I say, um, yes, <laughs> next week's episode, series three, episode three, is called A Tug of the Forelock. Ooh. This is the one where Tom and Barbara get some extra money by doing some cleaning and gardening for Margot and Jerry whilst their usual help is away. Oh, I bet there's some jips. Jips next well, week. Well, it's just high expectations. Um which caused a little bit of a fallout, I think. You can see it coming. I wouldn't want to be cleaning for, Ma- for Margot. It's an episode that almost writes itself. <laughs> yes, I can, I can picture it now. <laughs> I can picture it now. So if you're enjoying what we're doing and you want to join in, um, you can find us at Saddle Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook, so you can find us by searching for Saddle Podcast. Subscribe to our newsletter by visiting our website, saddle.club, where you can also get more information about us, and you can read our blog posts and listen to episodes in the browser if you don't do podcast apps. Get in touch. Email us at saddlepodcast at gmail.com and tell us all the things that we've missed. Um, or just tell us what you think. We love that. Um, and subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, thank you to Anya for her fabulous artwork and continuing support. She's doing us some nice thank designs you. if you want to buy a t-shirt. That'll be um, forthcoming in the near future. Um, and thanks to Beat Raid for our fabulous theme tune. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to you, Alison. Thank you, Ben. Yep. Full of love and thanks for everyone, aren't we? Yes, it's been good. I've enjoyed this. We will. Goodbye. I'll see you. I remembered. I remembered. <laughs> <laughs>